With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world, but I have to start in a pet shop. A pet store, who doesn't love going to the pet store? Can be a little bit noisy, but it's fun, right? Uh, It wasn't in New York the other day. A lady, well, had a problem and kicked a puppy. Yeah, look at this. Kicking the the, uh, little area where the puppy is hanging out. Does it again. And everybody in the place is like, whoa, you can't do that. You gotta get out of here. Look at her reaction. She goes nuts, all right? Gets right in the guy's face. They're telling her to leave, and uh, she doesn't want to leave. Apparently, that wasn't the first puppy she kicked either. So, what happened next? They finally convinced her to leave, and then this happened. What is wrong with this lady? Yo, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Get the out of here. What is wrong with you? Oh, oh, my God. Wow. Hit that lady and then spit. Spit. Uh, this was a local story. Right? It's in the newspaper. Didn't capture global attention. And I don't really think it should. I mean, she acted up in a pet store, slapped one person. This is not exactly, uh, you know, a war. But why is it that the media sometimes make the biggest deal out of the smallest occasion, like, say, an argument? The confrontation caught on video, a white woman blocking a black tenant from entering their apartment building, demanding proof that he lives there. Yeah, that was a that was a big global story. She wanted to know if a stranger lived in her building. She lived there. She had a key. He did not. He followed her in. She was uncomfortable with that. She didn't hit anybody. Nobody got hit. It was an argument. It was a global story. Maybe you saw the woman, they call her the bicycle Karen. She had an argument about who rented the bike. We have these public rental stations here in New York. Take a look. Please help me. This is not your bike. This is not your bike. Please help me. Help. Please get off me. Wait, what the f- she was pregnant she was pregnant she rented the bike first it was her bike 
They didn't want her to have it. It's kind of like your bike is being stolen. Even if it's rented, she said, help. Apparently, you're not supposed to call for help when you need help. The confrontation grew quickly between the white hospital employee and young black men just getting ready for a bike ride. The white woman here is seen attempting to steal a city bike from a young black man, claiming she was threatened and was calling for help. There's a lot of emphasis on race, isn't there, right? White woman, black man, young black man, just wants to go on a bike ride. The white woman. Hmm. This sounds awfully familiar. This is yes. a typical case of a white woman, white womaning, right? So we see the disrespect, we see the privilege. White women have taken an active role in the maintenance of white supremacy. My advice to white women is, man your own goddamn business. Wow. So this overt racism is a result of the 2016 election. You know why? You know why there's so much hostility out there, encouraged, sanctioned by the mainstream media against white women? because white women had the nerve to vote for Donald Trump. More people voted, more white women voted for Donald Trump in 2016 than they did for Hillary Clinton. And ever since, they've been punished because they want to control the way white women vote. I don't look at the world that way. It's just people, it doesn't really matter. But the liberals see this and they're using it. And you saw from minor little, I don't know, disagreements, all hell breaks loose. Yet somebody kicks a dog and then smacks a person. And if we wanted to, we could talk about race. Oh, I think she was having a horrible oh day, God. might be mentally ill. I mean, she kicked a dog. This person hates everybody, not white, not black, just has major problems. It's funny how that works, right? Isn't it? And I want to stay on dogs for a moment. Joe Biden has an issue when it comes to dogs. You've heard about this, right? Um, commander, the latest German shepherd to be banned from the White House, well, has bitten 24, at least 24 Secret Service agents. Uh, that's a lot of biting. What is happening there? What happened? Why couldn't they control this dog? And it wasn't the first dog that was biting everybody around uh, the White House. Major. Another German shepherd that they banished from the White House. He bit two staff members. They removed that dog from the White House. Uh, remember, they, they tried to make light of it. They tried to pretend it was all cute, but it wasn't. And on Monday, the first family's younger dog, Major, was surprised by an unfamiliar person and reacted in a way that resulted in a minor injury to the individual, which was handled by the White House medical unit with no further treatment needed. It had been previously planned already uh, for the dogs to be cared for by family friends in Delaware during Dr. Biden's travels to military bases this week. She has a three-day trip this week, and the dogs will return to the White House soon. All right, talk about spin. Uh, the dogs did not come back to the White House. The dogs were removed permanently. Major and Sham, Joe Biden's dogs moved out of the White House. Now, what kind of man gives away dogs that he adopted for life, right? What kind of man gives away a dog? This is when Joe adopted the dog at the Delaware Humane Society. You see what it says in the back there? Making friends for life. It gave away a dog. The whole thing stinks. Something is up. It's weird. And if they'll lie about the little things, they'll lie about the big things. Um, they made a big deal once Major left that they got a new one, a better dog named Commander. Here's the video they put out. Ooh, look at that nice pup, right? Everything's fine. 
I've talked to some people, some canine experts. The problem is not with the dogs. The problem is Joe. Dogs, especially German Shepherds, they respect authority, and they kind of want there to be an alpha dog. But Joe is so weak and kind of out of it, the dog becomes the alpha dog. You see that? Joe's along for the ride. Let me see the one on the couch. Let me see the one on the couch again. Who's the man of the house? I feel like the dog is in charge, and Joe is just along for the ride. All right, look, I know this is not all that critical, all that paramount, but there is something, there's something wrong. Who remembers when Joe had an injury to his foot and he blamed the dog? It's the most bizarre thing. He had a boot, right? We don't have casts anymore. We wear boots. Well, again, if he'll lie about the little things, he'll lie about the big things. Does anybody in the world think any of this actually happened? What happened was I, <laughs> I got out of the shower. I got a dog, and anybody who's been around my house knows, dropped a little pup, dropped a ball in front of me, and for me to grab the ball, and I'm walking through this little alleyway to get to the bedroom, and I grabbed the ball like this, and he ran, and I was joking, running after him to grab his tail. A second grader knows to not grab a dog's tail. A second grader knows it. Did he say something about the alley in his house? The alley? Where is he? Next. And what happened was that uh, he slid on a throw rug, and I tripped on the, on the rug he slid on. That's what happened. <laughs> That's what happened. All I know is that didn't happen. No way in the universe did that happen. Next, please. President Putin ordered his tanks to roll in Ukraine. He thought we would roll over. He was wrong. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. So it's two years ago this weekend that Russia invaded Ukraine. And a couple of things need to be said about that. Uh, number one, most Americans believe that the invasion would not take place, not have taken place if Donald Trump were still in the White House, right? And everybody, I think, needs to know this, that the green light was given by the United States to Russia to invade Ukraine in the first place. And I'm not so sure he has uh, is certain what he's going to do. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. It's just days before the invasion. What about drawing a line in the sand, you know, or... I mean, I know the Obama administration never meant it when they talked about red lines, but something, some sort of tough talk, don't do this. They just did it. And now when Joe talks tough about Ukraine, it's always about people, you know, who are just not so convinced that we can keep writing these checks. This is when Joe turns on the passion. It's about time they step up, don't you think? Instead of going on a two-week vacation. Two weeks. They're walking away. Two weeks. What are they thinking? So we're two, year, we're two years into this war, and I don't really know what's going on. I know that Nikki Haley can't name any of the provinces that are upper grabs or in dispute. Same with a lot of Republicans who are so pro-war. What's really at stake here? How about an explanation, Joe? How about talking to the American people straight, not just yelling at Republicans because they're not writing the checks fast enough? There is a way a true leader could talk about this war. I want to go back to Richard Nixon. 
you know, he was winding down the war in Vietnam, but you know, it was a long, hard slog. He would talk to the American people 30, 40 minutes at a time from the Oval Office and actually show what we were doing, how we were doing it, and why we were doing it. Take a look. Now, confronted with this situation, we have three options. First, we can do nothing. Well, the ultimate result of that course of action is clear. Unless we indulge in wishful thinking, the lives of Americans remaining in Vietnam after our next withdrawal of 150,000 would be gravely threatened. Let us go to the map again. Here is South Vietnam. Here is North Vietnam. North Vietnam already occupies. What are we this looking at here? Uh, we're looking at leadership, North presidential Vietnam leadership, also and all Joe Biden can do is bark. I know Nixon wasn't the Cambodia perfect president, the but this country. is a lot it better than yelling at Republicans about not writing the check on time, right? Uh, all right, I want to say something about Navalny, the Russian dissident who um, died, probably killed by Putin. Uh, here he is. Navalny, his widow, met with Joe Biden in the, in the White House. Now, this is a, I don't know, the left loves this. Thing is, why isn't he talking about peace? Look, for Joe to be hanging around her that is not going to lead to a peace negotiation. Is there anything wrong with talking about peace? Apparently, in this climate, it's wrong. It's a mistake. You can't talk about peace. The only one talking about it is Trump. And Navalny and Trump actually do have some things in common. Navalny, uh, does anybody believe he actually embezzled money from a lumber company? That's what he was arrested for. He, the uh, Russian court actually found him guilty of embezzlement. That's all the way back in 2013, when he, was, when he first started showing up on Putin's radar. They're doing the same thing to Trump. And Trump, it's okay that he raised that issue, raised that comparison in a tweet or in a truth. Let me put that up, please. The sudden death of Alexei Navalny has made me more and more aware of what is happening in our country. It is a slow, steady progression with crooked... Radical left politicians, prosecutors, and judges leading us down a path to destruction, open borders, rigged elections, and grossly unfair courtroom decisions. This is all legitimate. We are, are destroying America. We are a nation in decline, a failing nation, MAGA 2024. He's right. In Russia, they jail political dissidents. In America, they are trying to jail political dissidents. He's a political dissident for all intents and purposes. So do you find anything wrong or over the top about this? I don't. I don't see how anybody could. You could disagree. You could listen to Nancy Pelosi, what she said about this moment. You wonder what does Putin have on Donald Trump that he always has to be beholden to him, his mm -hmm. buddy, his buddy in vileness. And if, if, I don't know if you're going to show the American people, the statement that he made, but it's beneath the dignity of a human being. It is so horrible. You think, no, somebody must have made this up. Not even Donald Trump could go this far. As I've said, he's in a limbo comp competition with himself. How far can he go? Well, now he's gone below sea level, below ground level. And this, this uh, statement should disqualify him from running for anything, much less president of the United States. I 
He's subhuman. He's subhuman because he called out exactly what is going on. And that's why I think it really touched a nerve with a swamp dweller like Nancy. You see? You see how it works? All right, when we come back, they rearrested the confidential human source who might just have the goods on Joe Biden. He's back in custody, back in jail. That is wrong. More when I come back. All right, the guy with the suit and the hand in his pocket, James Biden, little brother of Joe, walking around the U.S. Capitol yesterday like his brother owned the place. <laughs> uh, who does he think he is? Some sort of a gangster? James Biden showing up at the House Oversight Committee reluctantly uh, to answer questions. And, uh, well, so far, I can tell the guy's not being truthful. No. He is uh, taking us for chumps, just like his brother. Take a look at this. This is how he started things off with the House Oversight Committee. Uh, I have had a 50-year career in a variety of business ventures. Joe Biden has never had any involvement or any direct or indirect financial interest in those activities. None. I know that is not true. And I will show you that it is not true. James and Sarah, his wife, right? Ah, lovely couple. No beef with uh, their marriage, of course. But what are they doing writing checks to the big brother, Joe Biden, the big guy? Yeah, at least two checks we found. One for 200000 from Jim Biden to his brother, Joe. $200,000. And then Sarah wrote a check for $40,000 to Joe Biden. What is this all about? Now, just because it says loan repayment, everybody, doesn't mean it's loan repayment. You'd be surprised how everybody in the fake news is like, well, it's a loan repayment. No, it's not. Here's Jim Comer, the, uh, the chair of the House Oversight Committee. March 1st, 2018, AmeriCorps wired a $200,000 loan into James and Sarah Biden's personal bank account, not their business bank account. And then on the very same day, James Biden wrote a $200,000 check from this same personal bank account to Joe Biden. At the very least, just $200,000 check. You're, those siblings have a financial interest in each other. I think it came from AmeriCorps. But even if it was a loan, those are financial interests. These people, these Biden people, they just lie like most people breathe. Next, this is what he told the committee. Because of my intimate knowledge of my brother's personal <coughs> integrity, did he say that with a straight face, and character, as well as my own strong ethics, I have always kept my professional life separate from our close personal relationship. Next, he said, uh, I have never asked my brother to take any official action on behalf of me, my business associates, or anyone else. Now, that's kind of, that's fascinating. I never asked my brother. I think you could drive an aircraft carrier through that one. Uh, let's see, to take any official action. What about unofficial action? I think you could drive a fleet of aircraft carriers through the holes in this story. Um, you want to see something that, again, I know that, well, this is not true, this stuff. Back in the 1970s, you know, Jim Biden was actually in the nightclub business. Yeah, Jim Biden surrenders nightclub because of debts. Take a look at this. In the uh, Wilmington Morning News, James Biden, younger brother of Senator Joe Biden, is quitting the nightclub business after running up more than $700,000 in debts on the Seasons Change Club in less than four years. Wow. Next, please. Senator Joseph Biden, 
was never involved in the club or its financial dealings, but once made a telephone call on his brother's behalf to A. Edwards Danforth, who was then chairman of the bank. Huh, this is a phone call. Is it official? I don't know, same difference. When the loans were publicly disclosed last winter, Joseph Biden told reporters he faulted the Farmers Bank. They should not have loaned my brother money. These people are incredible. All right, so that's a little taste of uh, Jim Biden. What about the other brother, the younger brother, Frank? Frank. Here he is openly boasting about federal dollars he can get to people because he's related to Joe. The bully pulpit that I have as a result of the privilege of being associated with, with my brother Joey. And I'll do everything in my power to support you to get the job done, to get federal dollars to your research. It's, he's saying it out loud. And do you think Jim is of a different uh, family? It's the same thing. How about Frank, non-attorney, showing up in a law firm's television commercials? I'm Frank Biden. I'm the non-attorney senior advisor to clients statewide who need diversified business solutions through the Berman Law Group. I'm available for consultation with attorney Teddy Berman in any of our offices statewide. All right, Frank, I want to see you in Pensacola tomorrow morning and bring the bring Teddy with you. This stinks. It's so. But then again, it's very, very swampy. It's been going on for a long time. Hunter Biden, George W. Bush. You know, they got something in common. Both were, well, sons of vice president for a good chunk of their lives and uh, now sons of president. Right. Before W. became president, he was the son. Listen to this. Uh, George W. Bush in 1992. Just brag about all the stuff he can get done because of who he knows and who he is. When you're the president's son and you've got unlimited access combined with some credentials from a prior campaign, in Washington, D.C., people tend to respect that. I mean, access is power. And uh, I can find my dad and talk to him any time of the day. In Washington, D.C., people may respect that. In America, we don't. Be right back. Nothing confidential about this human source, Alexander Smirnov. We talked about him earlier. Uh, he was let out of jail. He was just rearrested. He's back in jail. Uh, it's totally crazy, uh, but they're doing it again. Uh, we are all being duped, they say. We conservatives by Russia. It's pretty shocking, and especially what it means that has been going on for the last four years which is that wittingly or unwittingly, House Republicans have been acting as an agent or an asset of Russian intelligence for Vladimir Putin. Uh, this whole Burisma thing was debunked during the first impeachment investigation in 2019. Anderson Cooper just sits there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like the, the laptop was Russia disinformation. They are doing it again. They think they can get away with it. And there's actually good reason for them to think they can get away with it. Barack Laurie is a trial attorney and radio host of the Barack Laurie Show. And Matt Whitaker, of course, the former acting attorney general under Donald Trump. Gentlemen, welcome. Uh, it is a week, I believe, uh, 
uh, you know, just nonsensical argument. But you know what? It's worked for them before, and they're trying it again. Am I wrong, Matt? Well, here we go again, Greg, right? I mean, this is their favorite tune to play. It's probably the only one they know, which is, uh, you know, Russia, Russia, Russia. And they're just, you know, trying to, I guess, harken back to 2020 and 2016. But, you know, remember this allegation by Smirnoff was one of many allegations. And actually, many have been proven true about Hunter Biden and his business dealings in Ukraine, in China and elsewhere. And, you know, Jim Biden was just testifying to the House uh, in the impeachment inquiry. And I think there's a lot we still don't know because the bank records and the people that can testify about those bank records have just started to be assembled and put together for the case. Well, there's an amazing amount of information, though, we do know. And the idea that they can use Russia as an excuse once again, Barack, in a way, they have gotten away with it. So why wouldn't they try again? There's been no... Uh, accountability when that f fake Russia excuse is broken out. None before, so there's not going to be any now. Uh, do, what What are you thinking right now? What, do, what What's your take? Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, why, why not try it again? The only problem for them is that they've chosen Russia, the same country, which only would evoke people uh, to think that about the Russian collusion scam that was before. So I, I, that might be a mistake. They should have chosen a, a different country, maybe China, who knows? But uh, in this case, uh, choosing Russia again is, is interesting. But the fact that this informant is, has been arrested for lying, we don't know what he was allegedly lying about. Was it that he lied that it was a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday, or was it because of something much greater than that? And the fact that the FBI accuses him of lying doesn't mean that it is so. He hasn't been uh, convicted of it, certainly. And many times things get overturned, as we saw with uh, Roger Stone and, and many other issues. So I, I, I don't take any stock in that whatsoever. The facts are much more interesting to me than whatever uh, Alex may have told the FBI at the point. And the fact is that uh, Hunter was working for British money. He had no experience. Uh, the prosecutor was fired upon uh, a threat by uh, Joe Biden. There's all sorts of indications that uh, he was taking money from there. So uh, let's see how they, all the information actually comes out. And I think they've got a big problem when it comes to discovery, because this will go through a discovery phase. And they may very well uh, wish they, they'd never have arrested this Alex guy. Well, the court papers already, they lay out why they think this guy is lying. And it's kind of like you say, Tuesday instead of Wednesday, Wednesday, you know, it's it, 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 he says it happened in 2016. They insist it could not have happened until 2017. Ergo, he must be lying. And also, oh, by the way, they say that Joe Biden couldn't get anything done for them in 2017 because he was the next vice president. Matt, that's not the way the world works. And they're pulling this uh, this nonsense again. And I'm wondering, I mean, you saw CNN, Anderson Cooper just sitting there eating it all up. The New York Times eating it all up. There are there's a the, the, the power structure is ready to embrace this all over again. Absolutely. And, you know, they have their useful dupes like the congressman from New York who's willing to go on TV or on the House floor or in a committee and say whatever it takes to try to defend Joe Biden and suggest that what we see with our own eyes isn't true. And, you know, it continues to be um, a question of not uh, how corrupt the Biden family was. The question is really how much money actually ended up in Joe Biden's pockets. They made over $20 million in all these foreign deals uh, using Joe Biden's name. Uh, it's the only name that mattered to their you know, counterparties in these transactions. 
And, you know, we're going to find out. And, you know, Joe yeah. Biden became very wealthy in the very couple of years uh, between his vice presidency and when he was running for president. So, you know, there's we're, the House is going to get to the bottom of this. We will know the story, and it's not Russian dis or misinformation. The That's investigators, this is an FBI agent conversing with Alexander Smirnov. This is, um, if you can go ahead and put this on the screen, the confidential informant. And by the way, he's not a confidential anymore. You know what I mean? They're, they're throwing his name all over the place. He writes, uh, Biden going to jail. Dems tried to impeach Trump for the same thing, even less. All these politicians are blank. The FBI guy writes back, only if you believe that his request to get rid of the prosecutor, General Shokin, was only because of Burisma, which by all accounts, it was not. I mean, here's an FBI agent in the course of doing his job. There's a typo in there on his part, is parroting Democrat talking points by all accounts. It was not by by CNN's, by The New York Times. I, it, it, it's the FBI is so riddled with politics. It's incredible. I, I, I forgive me. I'm, I'm deeply kind of moved and disturbed by by this. They're doing it again. And I think they're probably going to be better at doing it because they have experience from 2016 and 2020. Barack. Yeah. Well, look, uh, they, they, by all accounts, I uh, think that you mentioned there is uh, very interesting because by, by all accounts, uh, 51 heads of intelligence agencies declared that the Hunter Biden laptop was was the Russian collusion, uh, the disinformation program. So th this is going to be the same thing that we're going to see uh, over and over again. And they, they act first and they ask questions later. Uh, and they have to deal with the discovery issues. They know that what they want to do right now is put the brakes on any impeachment inquiry, or at least so they think, uh, that somehow the Republicans will lose the taste to pursue impeachment against Joe Biden. Uh, that won't work, uh, but eventually they will have to deal with the discovery process, and, and then eventually will be uh, pushed to the side and no one will talk about it anymore. But this is a, a roadblock that they must put up in order to slow down things against Biden and give him some sort of hope of a chance of winning re-election. Right. And on paper, at least, the government has has decreed that this information against Joe Biden is somehow illegitimate. So That's like right. for appearance purposes, he can go forward. It's wild. I can't believe it. Um, Matt Whitaker, if you get back to your old job, which I hope you do, uh, you're going to have so much. It's going to be so hard, but um, it's going to be glorious, I think, as well. Barack Lurie and Matt Whitaker, thank you very, very much to be, be continued. Great. Thank you. We'll be thank right you. back. Hey, did you lose any phone service today? Uh, I did. I have AT&T and my phone was uh, was not working well. Uh, I couldn't make calls. Uh, people said they were calling me and uh, it wouldn't go through. The texting worked okay, but uh, something was up. Hey, hey, it wasn't just me. It was millions and millions of people around the country. What's going on? The cell phone towers, a cyber attack. The U.S. government, please tell us more. Has the Pentagon seen any indications that this cell phone outage that's affecting AT&T customers may have been caused by a foreign adversary like China, Russia, North Korea, Iran? Uh, thanks, Jeff. I, I'm not aware of us doing an assessment on this. Um, I know the cell phone companies are, are looking into this. Um, we've seen the reporting, but not aware of um, it being because of a foreign actor or entity in any way at this point. 
All right. Well, you know, that's kind of what you guys are around for. White House says the FBI, Homeland Security Department are looking into it. Will they ever be straight with us? Hey, look, this could be nothing. It could be a glitch. It could be China. I don't know. Uh, and I was moderately inconvenienced today. Christian Witten joins us, former senior advisor in the Trump and Bush administration, expert on all this good stuff. And Tony Schaefer, Lieutenant Colonel, U.S. Army retired president of the London Center for Policy Research. Welcome to you both. Uh, Christian, what do you make of this thing? What are you hearing? Well, I don't know how it could possibly be a cyber attack from China, because actually the Chinese told President Obama back in the day they wouldn't cyber attack us. So clearly, <laughs> clearly it cannot be them. Uh, sarcasm aside, um, it's interesting that they don't have uh, any knowledge or aren't, aren't speaking up about this yet. There is a disclosure requirement in place for public companies that are uh, the subject of cyber attacks. And this one is big enough. It's going to make headlines if it is. Uh, it speaks, I think, to the vulnerability of our communications and software. I I remember it was, was it more than uh, 10 or 15 years after 9-11, an earthquake in Washington, D.C. cracked the, the Washington Monument, and the phone systems once again were jammed. Of all the trillions of dollars spent after 9-11, they didn't build redundancy into Washington, D.C.'s cell systems. It just, uh, I think it goes to show how fragile um, some of our communications and some of our modern world really are. And maybe how crummy our government is. Uh, I mean, that sounded what you just described is something that they is a kind of an easy fix. Uh, Tony, what are you thinking? So, Greg, we actually looked at this about 12 years ago at the U.S. Army War College. We actually had NSA, the private sector, all show up and say, how do we deal with this? Everything is integrated. Government communications, private communications, commercial, it's all together. So I, I know Sabrina Singh is not saying as much as she knows. The Pentagon is already looking at this. DHS, CISA is looking at this. And oh, by the way, Greg, CISA should be focused on this, not trying to disrupt uh, our Internet activities relating to us talking about things like COVID. But uh, this is something DHS really has to get behind and figure out. At this point, uh, my judgment, it could be a reconnaissance. We have several foreign av uh, actors who actually are actively trying to figure out how to disrupt and degrade our ability to communicate on call. That is to say, when they do something operationally overseas, they want to limit our ability to communicate. So the big thing, Greg, we need to figure out is, was this an, a, an attempt to do reconnaissance to figure out what would happen if they do do something, or was it just a, a sunspot? We just don't know at this point. So at the office here, I actually had to hunt down a landline and I picked it up. I didn't know what to do. Do you dial nine? Do you dial nine nine? I couldn't get the thing to work. It's been a long time. All right. So it's two years since Russia invaded Ukraine. Uh, Joe did something that I think makes uh, makes him feel good, makes him feel righteous, makes The New York Times give him a pat on the back. Take a look at this, please. C05. State the obvious. He was a man of incredible courage. And it's amazing how his wife and daughter are emulating that. And we're going to be announcing the sanctions against Putin, who is responsible for his death, tomorrow. Sanctions against Putin. I'm no fan of Putin, but uh, sooner or later, I admire what President Trump has done here. He doesn't antagonize Putin needlessly. Look, he's the only one, Trump, talking about peace between Russia and Ukraine. You may want to have this guy at the negotiating table at some point. Imposing sanctions every time he turns around and calling him a war criminal may not be advisable, Christian. Might feel good, might, but it's easy, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's right. We got a lot of heat during confirmation of the Secretary of State in the beginning of the Trump administration. Uh, will you call him a war criminal? And that's that's generally not a good way because you can't actually really sit down with a war criminal. You can sit down with an adversary, but once you accuse someone, you know, of genocide, of being a war criminal, it really changes the equation. Two years into this war, and it's not going well for Ukraine. Uh, we're in winter now. That traditionally uh, fighting occurs not so much in these months, or at least movement of lines. So uh, we'll see what happens in spring. But Russia seems to be gaining the initiative. And that's sort of what you'd expect if you're a small country fighting a war of attrition against Russia. So uh, I think Trump would take a very different approach if he's elected. Uh, not that it would be pro-Putin. Putin just endorsed Joe Biden. But, um, you know, he would uh, he would do things differently. Tony, whatever you want to say to wrap up. And can I ask you, is it safe to say, you know, people disagree about Ukraine. I do know this. It has been wildly oversimplified by the media and they are not it telling has. the full and complete story. And it's so demonstrated by major presidential candidates literally not knowing the first thing about Ukrainian geography or what's at stake. Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, et cetera. Right. Anyway, Tony, what do you think? So, look, we're trying to get in the middle of a civil war. Uh, these areas have been traditionally part of the Russian sphere of influence going back 200 years. And we actually pledged, believe it or not, Greg, when we signed the end of the Cold War Treaty with the Russians back in 92, hey, we won't move NATO east. So, you know, I don't want to get into the debate if it's right or wrong. It's just something that clearly Putin is not happy about. But think about this, Greg. Everything Biden's done has benefited Putin. Putin now has 80 percent approval rate by his people. The economy is growing by 3%. So everything the Biden administration has tried to do to hold back Russia has actually benefited Russia and Putin. So, gee, no wonder Putin has endorsed Joe Biden for president. Why would you want to change forces when you're actually winning the race? Huh. Yeah. Wow. And what about peace? It's funny. No one ever talks yeah. about peace. It's just a war that's going to go on forever and ever and ever. Trump is really the only one. And, well, I so appreciate it, really. Christian Witten, thank you very much. Check out the Center for the National Interest, cftni.org, and go to the londoncenter.org for Tony. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Be right back. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. I have a degree in electrical engineering. I stopped the plans of terrorists. I am a special agent with today's FBI. It's not the same world. It's not the same FBI. In defense of this great nation, our mission has expanded considerably. Join me. You'll gain the training, the support, and the resources to become one of America's finest. Today's FBI, it's for you. Wow. Beautiful. So innocent. That's 16 years ago. I could believe in that FBI. What they did, though, um, they started to pretend that MAGA, that somehow we were like Al Qaeda and that Donald Trump was Osama bin Laden. And that's when they lost their minds. Trump derangement syndrome and ruined, ruined the organization. I'm not talking about those agents right there. I don't know what happened to them, but you can't excuse any of this stuff. Can you? They have no shame. The Department of Justice, the FBI, what they have done to this confidential human source, uh, Smirnov, you know, they arrested him. A judge saw right through it, let him go, and now they have rearrested him. Uh, what is his crime? Well, it seems like his crime is having something to say about the Bidens. And Joe Biden is running the government, kind of. And 
I believe that he just wanted this guy locked up. So let's go to the indictment of this individual, and uh, you be the judge. Hmm? This is something else. Smirnoff's efforts to spread misinformation about a candidate of one of the two major parties in the United States continues. The court should consider this conduct as well when evaluating his personal history and characteristics. Keep going, please. What this shows is that the misinformation he is spreading is not confined to 2020. He is actively peddling new lies that could impact U.S. elections after meeting with Russian intelligence officials in November. It's the same thing. 2016, the Russia hoax. Why not try it again? Because really, nobody got in trouble. Nobody got in trouble for calling the, Rush, the laptop of Russia disinformation, right? Who, who was held to account? So they're doing it again. I want to talk about this um, alleged perpetrator, Shmirnov. I think he's a good guy, and I think he's getting totally railroaded here. If you go through this indictment, what it shows is this guy had deep suspicions about Biden and Hunter. Who doesn't? Anybody with logic does. What they're trying to get him on, folks, is that he said things happened in 2015 and 2016. They couldn't have happened back then. They must have happened in 2017 because so-and-so wasn't here. He got the year wrong. And therefore, they say he's a criminal. They also say that, well, Joe Biden is getting millions of dollars, according to this guy, in 2017. And the FBI says, well, in 2017, Joe Biden was no longer the vice president. Why would anybody want to give him money? Maybe, maybe it was paying the guy off for stuff that he was doing while he was in office, but he couldn't get the money until he left office. Just thinking out loud. Also, these um, confidential human sources, they're not supposed to be Boy Scouts, right? We, we all know this. Our culture, the law enforcement culture, understands that, at least until, well, 10 seconds ago. Confidential informants are vital. Police claim these cooperating criminals give them the edge. Informants are oftentimes able to get into places that we cannot. When many of us hear the term confidential informants, or as law enforcement calls them, CIs, we think of mobsters wearing a wire to ensnare their bosses and get themselves a better deal. Uh, makes sense to me. And this guy is back in jail. The national intelligence community, federal law enforcement, the people who helped bring about the Iraq war, no weapons of mass destruction, our loss in Afghanistan, right? I don't trust them. I don't trust the people who sent these folks to war. And you shouldn't either. There is something rotten. They are trying the Russia thing all over again. We can't allow them to get away with it.